0: The Eco Right Speaks podcast is your conservative home for weekly climate news, interviews, points of view, climate heroes, jesters, and so much more. We'll share the stories of people leading in their local communities and around the country. Welcome to the Eco Right Speaks podcast. It's brought to you by RepublicEN.org. Hello, and welcome to the Eco Right Speaks
1: your climate-focused podcast produced by the team at republicen.org. I'm your host, Chelsea Henderson, with you for another week of riveting content, if I do say so myself. This week, I'm bringing you an enthusiastic, energetic breath of fresh air. Casey Crane serves as the Executive Director for the Indiana Conservative Alliance for Energy, overseeing the organization's efforts to advance conservative, market-based clean energy solutions, something we are totally down with prior to joining the alliance casey served as the legislative affairs director for the indiana department of transportation her experience includes working for butler university frager drinking coalition and various political campaigns casey is a proud graduate of butler university and is working toward her masters of public affairs at indiana university purdue university casey is a native hoosier currently living in indianapolis and we are co-hosting an event with her also joining us, Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions and the Conservation Coalition on April 12th. Before we get to that interview with Casey Crane, I just wanted to note that we're going to be doing things a little different this week. So as you know, if you have been listening, we have been playing a little Ask the Listener game with chances to win, and I'm just dis- so dismayed and surprised that last week we didn't have any winners. So I'm going to make it a little easier for you from here on out, and I'm going to pose the question before the interview. That means all you have to do is stay tuned and listen, and then head on over to republicen.org forward slash quiz, Q-U-I-Z, to submit your answer, and I will be choosing from among those winning submissions. So, with that said, in my conversation with Casey, which I've already had, I ask her her favorite snack that is going to be served at the venue of our joint event next week in Indianapolis. So, listeners, stay tuned and listen, and don't forget to submit your responses. Welcome back, listeners. I'm super excited to be sitting here on Zoom, of course, not actually in Indiana, with our guest this week, Casey Crane. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thanks so much for having me, Chelsea. I am really excited to be doing this. You know, my mom is from Indiana, but I haven't been back since like the early 90s, probably before you were born, um, when my <laughs> grandparents <laughs> died, we stopped going to visit, but it's a state that I still hold near and dear to my heart, so...
2: It's a great place. I'm born and raised here. Uh, With the exception of study abroad, I've been here my whole life, and I love it. So it's great to be doing um, really important work here. Yeah,
1: so tell us about the work that you are doing with the Indiana Conservative Alliance for
2: Energy and how you got into this realm. Yes, so the Indiana Conservative Alliance for Energy... Uh, is part of the Conservative Energy Network, which has a a footprint in 25 different states, really promoting um, conservative energy policy. And so our uh, mission as an organization is to be a leader in Indiana's energy transition to a reliable, renewable, and affordable energy future using traditional conservative principles like private property rights, free market, et cetera. So I personally got into this work. Um, I started out as a uh, campaign cowboy, and <laughs> then uh, transitioned out of that into legislative government affairs, and was with the Indiana Department of Transportation for about two and a half years, and really developed a love for infrastructure for infrastructure policy and. You know, what are all of the interesting things happening behind the scenes that make society happen? And uh, energy was one of those uh, things that I, that I found. And it's really, really important work. Um, you know, we all are reliant on what happens when that light switch comes on or we plug our laptops in. And so it's not just also our our infrastructure side, but there's also, you know, really important values about uh, better stewardship of our earth and leaving the world better than we found it. And it's, it's really powerful to be making those changes in our state. And then not to mention, I, I'd be a a poor conservative. If I didn't say that uh, renewable energy development has so much to do with economic development. I mean, we can really, really benefit. And so uh, across the board, energy aligns with my personal values and I think conservative values and it's uh, great work.
1: Well, you know, we had Mark Fleming from um, also in the CEN network. Yes, on yes. The show last season, I believe it was. All the seasons beyond before the one we're currently in start to blend together at some point. Yeah. But- Uh, Mark is somebody I've known for a long time and I remember when CEN was just CEN and didn't have all its different state affiliates so it's so great to see that it's now in 25 different states then the other thing that you mentioned that I just have to jump on is um, you said you worked at Indiana DOT I am a huge fan of Mayor Brainerd in Carmel I think that his little Uh, what I'm supposed to call them roundabouts, I think, not roads. Yes. Yes. I just love it. I think it makes so much sense. And in the neighborhood that I'm in, there are a few places where they've done that. And it's so great that now people are used to it. The traffic just flows. You're not sitting at that light waiting. And I think there's a safety, I'm going way off script here, but a safety element of that too, because what do people do at the red light? They look at their phones Mm -hmm. or they throw out that text. But if you're constantly driving, you're not doing that and you're saving emissions. So a shout out to my favorite mayor in the U.S.
2: (laughs) Yes, Mayor Brainerd has done a lot of really great work uh, in Carmel. I live actually just 15 minutes away from there. And, you know, it's like the most roundabouts in the country and um, also, really forward thinking on a lot of these clean energy issues uh, and really uh, passionate about them as well. So he is a, a great person in our state. Well, I have to say, I was so
1: excited when one of your senators, Senator Mike Braun announced that he was going to be a co-founder with his pal, Chris Coons of the Senate Climate Solutions Caucus, because that was huge to me. Like I'm used to Republican lawmakers who might live on the coasts or, you know, kind of be it from more, not that Indiana, in Indiana doesn't have urban centers, but kind of like bigger states or, you know, like Florida or something yeah. where you really see the impacts of climate change happening, even if you're not there, because we all watch when the next hurricane is coming through or whatever, but seeing somebody from a state like Indiana, which, you know, you don't really think of as being on the front lines of climate change, although you very well might be, and I just might not know, I just felt like we've arrived, right? Like we are message to conservatives that climate change is an issue they need to care about and that clean energy is part, you know, it's it's a great economic engine, but it's also part of the climate solution. So as you and I were saying kind of um before we hit record, there are great economic opportunities in clean energy that help the climate. So even if you're not approaching it directly from climate change, but anyway, Senator Braun, fantastic, fantastic move that he made joining or helping found that committee. And and I love just seeing those bipartisan partnerships happen.
2: Absolutely. Um, Senator Braun is really a huge asset to the state in in, uh, many regards. But in this area in particular, I've been um, personally very impressed. And our organization is uh, very appreciative of his, his efforts on the Growing Climate Solutions Act. Um, the, the, the climate caucus, because it's the idea that if we don't pull a seat up to the table as conservatives and say, hey, we want to talk about these issues, our values aren't going to be represented. And that is, is really important that we step into the arena. Um, and what's great to see is that his initial step forward Uh, I think has really given a lot of permission for other conservatives to come forward on this issue. Indiana leadership. I mean, we were talking about mayor Brainerd, uh, Senator Braun, um, uh, Senator Young has the endless frontier act, which has a lot of provisions about clean energy um, uh, development and research Uh, representative Baird and is part of the conservative climate caucus in the house. And Representative Hollingsworth is really involved in some of these issues as well. You know, you've got the Growing Climate Solutions Act. Senator Young has done some conservation work as well. There's, there's so much happening. And I think it's because, um, and like I said, I'm born and bred Hoosier here. So I think it's just that, that Hoosier pragmatism coming to Washington, D.C. To, to, to really just get things done, what needs to get done and we're a big agriculture state, you know, we're folks that, that love the land and that's the lifestyle for folks. And as climate change and, and, uh, and clean energy and clean air and clean water, we have a really uh, close relationship with our environment. And I think people are starting to realize that more and more. And while, yeah, we might, we aren't your traditional, um, uh, East coast, uh, uh, West coast, republican state that you'd think would be talking about these issues but it's it's everywhere now and it's encouraging to see um folks that share my values talking about these things
1: yeah well i mean obviously um impacts uh, on the egg industry as a whole due to climate change we've had a couple of different farmers on the show in the past and and also rural development opportunities with clean energy, which I wanted to give you the mic to talk about that. Oh,
2: I'm going to, I'm going to start preaching. So um, Purdue University, which is a uh, phenomenal institution that we have here in the state. We partnered with them on a study in the uh, uh, fall of 2020 uh, to see what the impacts of wind development were in Indiana. And uh, it, It first started coming in about between 2008 and 2010 was when development started in in Northwest Indiana. By 2019, when we'd studied it, the um, county, uh, Benton County was the uh, first one to really adopt and had embraced a lot of of the technology, a county of under 9,000 people, and they made four $1.3 Point three million million in wow. uh, property tax revenue wow. um, and an estimated $3 million in, in land overpayments over the course of the project. I mean, that's um, increasing your, so on your tax revenue side, mm-hmm. you are, you know, giving better government service. Yes. Um, you are improving that be- quality of life landowner payments. Your landowners have more money to spend. More things are sending kids to college. There's, there's so much there. Um, and then because of the way Indiana property taxes work with local governments, um, uh, there's property tax caps at the local level. They've actually lowered their, their property taxes for everyone else in the County by 61%. Who doesn't want to pay less taxes? Right? Um, I don't. I don't know. So it's you know every individual in the county benefits from these projects. They are uh, really, really critical tools for rural communities that are that are small and not very population uh, uh, have high population density, but they change the landscape. You know, literally, and and. Um, figuratively from an economic standpoint.
1: And how great is it too, that it's homegrown energy, so to speak. I mean, you're oh, not yeah. but right. You're harnessing something that exists. So you're not, we don't have to rely on any foreign nations for it. You just have to have the infrastructure in place.
2: Exactly. And it's better. Not only is it important on that homegrown energy from a from the national security perspective, like you were saying, and I think that's especially, um, relevant right now, as we talk about, about Russia and Ukraine, but I also think about too, at the, at the local level, as, as the energy transition occurs to more clean energy, we're going to be reevaluating transmission. And what does that look like, um, the closer to home your energy is the cheaper your costs the less you're spending in those transmission lines i mean that's not really like a fancy exciting thing to spend money on um to be built into your energy bill so the more energy generation that we have close to home the better that is for hoosiers
0: we're energy optimists and climate realists. Stand with us at republicen.org. Now back to this week's episode.
1: Um, the Conservation um, Alliance for Energy is, um, you know, developing its network and you're spreading the gospel and all of this. Do you work primarily on federal level policies? Or are you looking at state level policies? You talked about local impacts. Are you kind of doing all of the above?
2: So I would say all of the above with a focus on the state and local level. Um, So at the state level, uh, very active at the state house, educating our legislators on various energy policies. We just wrapped up session at the beginning of March. And so I'm getting my life back, which is nice. (laughs) And it was a really positive year here in Indiana. We uh, Join the list of um, about 25 states with protections for rooftop solar uh, within homeowners associations. Fantastic. We also had a uh, Republican legislator offer a climate change resolution, which I'm not sure I thought I was ever going to see that, but it what it it didn't make it through the process. But just to even see it get put out yeah. there is a really exciting step. Um, we've also opened the door for more development on uh, small modular nuclear reactors, wind and solar, like we discussed earlier, and some um, underground pumped hydro uh, power storage. It's it's some really neat new technology. So and more development on the electric vehicle spectrum as well. So. Lots of great work happening at the state level. You know, there's always more that, that I would, we want to see happen, but I'm, I feel like it was very successful uh, for conservative energy advocates. And then at the local level, we have a program called the Land and Liberty Coalition that they specifically work with uh, county commissioners, board of zoning appeals, area planning commissions, um, and talk to them about the benefits of these to their communities, and as well as talking with landowners about, you know, it's your private property rights to be able to partake in these projects. So uh, we're, we, we run the gamut, um, but <laughs> we, we mainly stay at the, at the, uh, the state level.
1: Um, so to that point, Republican.org is going to be in Indiana with you. I wish I could go. It won't be me, but our executive director, Bob Inglis will be there. And I just thought you could take a second to tell the listeners. So first of all, if you're in the Indianapolis area on April 12th, 6 PM local time, you need to head over to district tap North side. Did I get that right? Yes. Um, for a riveting panel discussion, Casey, take it away.
2: Yes. So we are hosting this panel, uh, Republican and uh, us, as well as our friends over at the Conservation Coalition and Citizens for Responsible Energy Solutions, um, are all getting together to have a conversation with young conservatives on clean energy uh, and climate policy solutions. And the reason for this particular discussion is polling shows time after time. We have internal polling that shows it. Pew Research has it, and I'm sure you have it, that young people, particularly under uh, under 40, are really passionate about this issue, and it's really important to them. And I believe that if you know, conservatives do not continue to demonstrate that we have policies and um, solutions for the problems that we're seeing. There's going to be issues down the line. And so we wanted to get everybody together and say, hey, here's a very broad spectrum of organizations and how they're approaching this. Um, you know, we come at it from from energy policy and renewable energy development. You all are talking about climate change. The Conservation Coalition comes at it from the environmental perspective. Uh, CRESS is really involved at that federal policy level. Yeah. And so I think it's a great, you know, no matter what your stake in the game is here and what interests you, one of these four groups is talking about it. And I'm, I'm really excited to just be able to say to people who, you know, political ideology is personal to folks and they come at it from all different angles and and to be able to have an event where it's hey here are all the different perspectives how do you approach your political ideology and and your policy perspectives here's here's ours and uh uh let's let's have a drink and some you know fun appetizers over it and have a good good time so really looking forward to that event and to speaking with bob i'm Certainly a little nervous though. I mean, gosh, he's just the best. And so um, (laughs) he's the best, but he's also the nicest. so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it'll be, it'll be a really good time. And we're really looking forward to continuing to build a grassroots Hoosier momentum for these types of issues, because our leaders are moving in the right direction we need hoosiers to back up their leaders that are are pushing on these issues our polling we did last fall shows that hoosier voters are 72% more likely statewide to vote for a candidate who is for renewable energy so it's this isn't just the right thing to do it's also politically popular and and um, continuing to develop the grassroots folks to show their support is a huge part of our work and one of the fun parts too.
1: Well, and I do think that that grassroots support is so important because a lot of times, you know, we, everyone conducts their own polling, but that it all kind of says around the same thing that you just cited. And I don't feel like Lawmakers always hear that at the same proportion. It's sort of like I have a theory that really people only write Yelp reviews or reviews on Amazon if they're angry, right? So like they're driven to like give that one star review and say my food was cold or my package was late or whatever, but we don't, we're not great about weighing in when there's something positive to say. And so for these offices, they may see the polling, right? I'm sure you share your polling far and wide, but if the letters that they're getting or their phone calls they're getting from their constituents don't mirror that polling, then it might not quite click as much. And so we need as many people as possible to give the accolades when accolades are due, thank your lawmakers when they do something that you like, encourage them to support a bill. It might just not be on their radar just because they're not a co-sponsor or a or they haven't decided how they're gonna vote doesn't mean that they're against it, right? It could just be, you know, they're very busy. They're not making a decision until the moment that they have to make that decision, but you can always weigh in. And I have found, I've worked in Congress, like members want to know, they want to know what their constituents are thinking. So if you're out there and you're listening, talk to your lawmakers, like reach out in whatever capacity you have and definitely come to our event on Tuesday. If you can, I guess you don't even have to be from Indiana. If you're nearby and you can get there, however you want to get there, drinks and snacks are free and you'll hear conversation.
2: (laughs) And we actually, so we have a podcast called the Indiana energy crossroads podcast, and we're going to be recording the event as well. So, um, for those of you who live in Oregon or Idaho or you know way too far to get here uh on the 12th you can tune in then as well so we'll we'll definitely share that link after the
1: event with our our listeners who want to hear more who aren't able to get there in person and then how should people if people can go how should they RSVP
2: um we have a Eventbrite link um that is posted far and wide on Indiana uh Conservative Alliance for Energies Socials you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter where ICA Energy um and uh Republican has shared it as as well uh on on your social channels too. Well we'll get as many people
1: there as we can and I want to know what is the best snack that's going to be served because I'm very snack driven.
2: Uh you know what I am the exact same way whenever I go to an event it's I have to like Like if I'm going to dinner, I look up the menu ahead
1: of time because I want to know what I'm going to eat before I get there. So the,
2: the, the joy of being the on the ground planner of this event is I got to pick where we went and I picked like my husband and I's favorite restaurant that we go to (laughs) like every other week, um, big fans and, uh, Buffalo chicken. I mean,
1: okay. All right, this somebody's got to go and try the buffalo chicken and uh, back up Casey that it is the best. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Thank you for your passion, your enthusiasm, and I am going to be here in Maryland, hoping that you guys have a great event in Indiana.
2: Thank you, Chelsea. I appreciate it.
1: So, be honest, Price. Did you fall for any April Fools' jokes?
0: Only one of yours. <laughs> I fell for one (laughs) of yours. Listeners,
1: if you don't get Week in Review, you are missing out. And listeners, if you do get it and you didn't respond to my April Fool's joke, I am insulted because we haven't done one in a long time. You know, we're a group of pretty fun people, and we hadn't done one in several years. And I just had this idea, and I ran with it. And, you know, April Fool's Day was on a Friday. Week in Review goes out on a Friday. And I'm usually pretty tuned into my inbox, right? So when I see something crazy, I'm like, ah, April Fool's, ha But because Weekend Review kind of goes out toward the end of the day, I think people just sort of assumed that the jokes were already played out. And so, listeners, in case you didn't catch it, but are actually, Price, do you want to explain it? Or should I just keep rambling?
0: I will let you keep going.
1: Okay. So I had this idea. Of just you know, we can review has little news tidbits, things that happened during the week in the EcoRight community, and I shared one fake one, of course, that Bob was going up on the next, next space rocket, Bezos rocket, um, to observe the ravages of climate change from space. And I'm just gonna call her out. When Lee, who used to work on our staff, believed it, Price. She emailed me the next morning and said she read it out loud to her husband, and they were so excited until she got to the April Fool's
2: Uh, So
1: (laughs) At least I got somebody, but usually people write back to me and say, "Ah, good one, blah, blah, blah. No one did. Maybe it was just more funny in my mind. I don't know.
0: I thought it was good um, to peel the layers back a little bit more. You and I were so excited about it. We kept... We texted back over the weekend and Friday and through the weekend. We still haven't heard from Bob. We were waiting to see what Bob's reaction was.
1: He did it, not know listeners. I decided to surprise him.
0: Yes, it was a surprise. And we kept waiting, waiting, waiting and just yeah. wanting to get the reaction. But it yeah. it came kind of delayed. Anticlimactic is what we got. <laughs> That's all we should say.
1: Well, moving right along. Yes. What a great episode with Casey and Um, You know, a week from now when we have this, or a week from the date that we're airing or that the podcast is live, you can find us hanging out in a bar with her in Indianapolis. Not me personally, but (laughs) our
0: um, our group. The Innovation Generation Event, Conservative Solutions for Clean Energy and Climate, going to be at 6 p.m. local Eastern Standard Time, Tuesday, April the 12th in Indianapolis at the District TAP. We are co-sponsoring the event along with... Casey's organization, the Indiana Conservative Alliance for Energy, along with CRESS and the Conservation Coalition. Come on out. Our executive director, Bob Inglis, will be on the panel, along with Casey, uh, Chrissy Harbin from CRESS, and then Brian Martinez from the Conservation Coalition. Again, the district tap Tuesday, April the 12th in Indianapolis, 6 p.m. We have an event right. Go to our Facebook page at Republican. Uh, There's an an event Set up there off our Facebook page. You can go register, sign up RSVP. It's free. What better place to go have uh, a couple free drinks, appetizers, and talk about conservative su- solutions to clean energy? I don't think there's any better place, especially next week. Be there or be square, Chelsea.
1: And you know what? I sort of feel like if I didn't have <clears throat> obligations that are keeping me here, I would just get in a car and road trip. Yeah, so. I'll- be adventurous, listeners. Just go for it.
0: Yeah, I would really like to go, especially when Casey said, are you coming? She sent me a text today. Are you coming? Uh, uh, no, I can't make <sighs> it. The uh, small team that we are, we got to uh, yeah. stay home and keep 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 grinding away. Hey, so. Someone's
1: got to hold down the fort, so that'll be you and me. And uh, But we hope everyone has a great time, and we're so grateful to Casey for all her work and helping get this event orchestrated. It's hard for us. We don't. We're not in Indiana, and so it's really important to have those on-the-ground allies, and I couldn't think of a better one than her. So excited to have had her on the show, to get to know her, and looking forward to future events.
0: All right, new members this week, Chelsea. Frederick M. in New York, Roger O. in uh, Washington State, Colin M. in Maryland, Astrica A. in Virginia, Kevin B. in Maine. Um, If you want to sign up. Folks, we t- I tell you every week, Republican.org forward slash join. It's that easy. We don't spam you. We only keep you connected. And while I'm at it, you know, you guys listen every single week, or if this is your first time listening, hit the subscribe button, whatever it is you listen to your podcast on, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button and have this podcast delivered to you every single Tuesday outside of when we take a break here or there. So what do we have coming next week, Chelsea?
1: Next week, we are going to listen uh, – I'm going to bring you my conversation, which I've already had, with a Byron Komenick. I hope I'm saying his last name right. He is the founder of Jack Solar Farm out in Colorado. So this is a concept – we've talked a little bit on the podcast before, but he goes into a lot more detail um, about the installation of solar arrays on agricultural land. You can do them at all different heights, so you can, like, grow – um, crops under them, but you could also like graze cattle and the the solar panels give the cows a little bit of shade, for example. So just a way of trying to maximize, I sort of think of it as mixed use for a rural area and also economic um, development, which, you know, everybody likes that, especially in the rural parts of the country. So he's very engaging. He's got a little bit of shared history with Al- Al- Alex Bosmosky doing international development projects, um, in African nations. So very interesting guy. Can't wait for you guys to tune into our conversation.
0: That'll do it for this week. Casey Crane, we thank you. We love you. Appreciate all your hard work on the event ahead of next Tuesday. Again, April the 12th innovation generation conservative solutions for climate or for clean energy and climate in Indianapolis, 6 PM at the district tap, sign up off our Facebook page, Until then, we will see you all next week here on the Eco-Right Speaks podcast, Chelsea.
1: Cheers, Price.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Eco-Right Speaks podcast, brought to you by the team at RepublicEN.org. Make sure to visit RepublicEN.org to learn more and find out how you can be a local Eco-Right leader.